0: Hey, it's Logan. Before we get to the after show where you'll find out about all the cool stuff that happened to generate the Star Trek season, uh, I got a couple of announcements about our schedule coming up. So with December being the holidays and all that, we're going to take a little break after this after show. So we'll have no release next week. Uh, then we'll re-release our winter special. Uh, so happy winter. Uh, it's We play Fiasco and it's a it's a great time. Then we're going to take another break week after that. We're going to have a mini season, which is actually going to be our live show from DragonCon. So if y'all didn't get a chance to attend the DragonCon live show, which is, uh, you know, probably most of y'all, get ready for a really, really fun time. Uh, We're playing my game, Imaginary Friend Fight. So everybody brought one of (laughs) just a character from Viction and we all played some silly contests. And it was an extremely fun time. Uh, So I think you'll enjoy it. Then, of course, we're going to have another break after that. And then we'll start into Wheels' next season, which is I Was a Modern Medusa. So look forward to all of that. And now here is the after show.
1: Welcome to Very Random Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we randomly determine as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other Star Trek cool Neato stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes together to be a very random encounter.
0: I'm after Greg. I'm after Wheels. I'm after Logan.
2: And I'm after Lee. And this is really tempted to add cool
3: Neato to I'm (laughs) cool Neato after. after. NeatoWheels. That's just a given, yeah. Oh, thanks. Y'all are cool, <laughs> neato, too. Oh, and this was a cool, neato season, right? uh, yeah. It was I it out of
0: the park. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, really felt like Star Trek, <sighs> and
2: I loved it so much.
0: Yeah, also love um the system. What is this awfully cheerful yeah. engine? Awful cheers yep. the
1: engine. Ace, they have, I think, they're up to like 12 spin off, like standalone things at this point. I can point. understand why it's a it seems like a pretty yeah
3: simple foundation to adapt into new forms, which is neat.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah. they have their Ghostbusters one, which I was going to do, but I was like, mmm
3: Let's do oh, Lee yeah. solid
1: and, deuce, and do Star Trek. <laughs> I loved it. I
0: thought it was great. Yeah. And any any character sheet where it's like, here's six numbers, go forth. Go. That's all do you it. need. Yep. yep, that's all we <laughs> need. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, this was super. Oh,
0: shit. Speaking of, we didn't need two of them because we didn't use health or defense.
1: Yeah. I mean, combat's not a big thing in Star Trek to begin with. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and even know? if it is, it's like stunned. Like you get yeah. stunned immediately. You're out, or it's like just kill them, just blow them up.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's yeah, there's just two options: stun them or smithereens. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Our
1: problems
3: Opt- were more do? cerebral, not the type of thing you can smithereen. <laughs> True, yeah, Although I think
2: Maim um, would have loved to smithereen Schofield.
0: We could have shot a kid, but I don't know that it would have made us
3: <laughs> What?
1: Greg, what? Do you want to oh, talk Dippa. about the
0: things that were
3: randomized?
1: Yeah. So all the Star Trek episode generators are bad because they basically take all the existing Star Trek episodes mm-hmm. and just could, um, it back to you, merge it together. Mm. So the difficulty for me was I found a sci-fi one, and it gave me kind of. The most, this isn't a Star Trek thing that I've run into. So the very first thing it said, a clone who is overly adventurous was the first thing it gave me. The second character was a xenobiologist who is idealistic. Then it said, the plot, it's a biopunk story about vengeance. It kicks off on a dwarf planet it's a soft science fiction story about recreating memory I There's like a soft space science reg fiction. with a looming prospect of zero population growth. Huh.
2: Wow. Yeah, he, the way that you
1: it. squared that circle really makes
3: yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is a that is a cool narrative that you weaved out of some bits and pieces there. Uh, yeah. You really made that Very puzzle cool. come together in a in a
1: really neat way. Yeah. So the difficulty was like. Star Trek doesn't really do clones or biopunks. So yeah. I knew it had to be out in the outer reaches somewhere that also was a planet, but also had a spaceship, a space station around it. I'm like, okay, so these are all things that need to happen. And who is this clone? And who is this xenobiologist? And I, then I was like, okay, well, the clone is clearly the biopunk feature, but just making a clone of a human isn't, Biopunky. So that's where coming up with the combination of human alien and giving the kid this bio extra advantage sort of kicked off everything. And then I was like, okay, well, what's the bio advantage? And that's, I've been reading a lot about the difficulty around what exactly free will is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because it's so difficult to differentiate where external stimuli and our internal processes separate. and yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of fraught stuff in that general sphere of inquiry. Yeah, yeah a lot of problems. Like you can't be aware of all the things that went into making you deciding to make that decision. And we also know that the thought to do the thing comes after us starting to do the thing. Like, this is the thing they've studied. So I was like, okay. so what if they could just see time and all of the little things that go into it? And what if in that they were able to, like, nudge things towards the end part that they wanted? And that was the genesis of this story.
2: I like that. I like that interpretation of, of free will, because, I mean, you know, it is a it is a weird topic. Uh, yes. To consider, <laughs> <laughs>
0: like- I like when it, anything like that where it's like somebody's like actually we don't have free will because everything that we do is because of a million things in the past and it's and I I think everybody's thing of like it's it's more complicated than we're making it is it's the opposite it's like humans are just less special in every single way than we give ourselves credit for and like just like how like dogs love. Equates to the human that they know gives them food. Like that's not different than than the love we feel. Like being around somebody you just do that a positive with extra experience. steps. Yeah, yeah. Doing, being around somebody because it's a positive experience is wh- what what yeah. love is. <laughs> it's not more complicated than that.
2: Also, <laughs> if even if I've seen the things uh, uh where they talk about like that, you you are starting to do the action before your brain informs you that you're doing the action. But I still just think like okay, yeah. But, but my subconscious, even if it's not my awareness, my, my me, my subconscious decided to do it. That's still me. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I don't have to be aware.
1: The whole thing about there's no free will is cool philosophically, but doesn't actually get us anywhere. Yeah, yeah. it's like
0: a little Rubik's cube. It doesn't like you're not really accomplishing anything. Yeah,
1: like we can't live <laughs> in that space. <laughs> like we can't just sort of exist and say nobody has free will and everything's just meant to happen and <laughs> <pfft>. um <laughs> you know <laughs> but i wanted to sort of play with what does that look like practically mm-hmm. in the sort of weird sci-fi setting and i wanted to sort of touch on it and play with it and mull it around and say here's a society that was both that both greatly benefited from it and also was greatly, greatly damaged by this very same thing. Yeah. How did you end up with the Volmids and Odorians in
3: particular? Like their appearance and their relationship and that sort of thing?
1: Somewhat randomly, I was like, give me two weird space things. And one was like, they're small. And the other one's like, they're big and golden. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right, go <laughs> no from there. And yeah, also, yeah, that's how you get there. The thing is, I kind of wanted to. You know, there was, like... It's a very Star trek thing to run into a culture and then in- to put our morality onto that culture and try to judge that culture by our morality. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I wanted to play with the idea, like, there is this race that seems subservient, but they have been in control the entire time. Yeah, it's you know? interesting. And, like, when people run into that, and when they run into those ideas, and it's like, this is... I have seen this played out so many times. This is what's happening, but it's kind of not. So yeah, I just sort of what it was like. Okay, I needed to also get into this story about why this society is broken and and how it broke, and then why they would reach out to this person to make this happen, and all the stuff that goes into that. This is just sort of like the on the rolling through the Star Trek universe of how do you take <laughs> this Federation who has a, a bunch of rules and. Give them just a completely outside of their purview society, one that existed and just dis- destroyed themselves. And what yeah. does that yeah. look like? And that felt really, star- I felt like a really Star Trek take on this plot line that I was given.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought it was uh, very successful. I could definitely see it being a Star Trek episode.
3: Yeah. Do we want to talk about our characters?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Any takers or should I
0: start? Go for uh, it. Yeah, it looks like it's you.
3: Cool. I admit I had some struggles in the first handful of episodes. I mean, to a degree that always happens as we're figuring our characters out, but and also struggling with the voice a little bit. Took me a while to settle into it. But uh, also just because I didn't know Star Trek, um, besides just some passing familiarity with a few of the movies. So and the the fact that the personality that i personality trait i got was greedy and tr- f- trying to figure out how to be greedy in a world uh, <laughs> that works like star trek kind of felt like battling <laughs> against the tide for a while and it took me a while to like really get that figured out but once i did and i settled into maho i thought i really enjoyed the arc i was able to bring her on particularly with uh, her relationship with um Osric Jr. because, you know, going into that last episode, I didn't really have the holistic view to realize that I was already setting up that arc to the extent that I was, and that all I would need is one final scene to kind of bring it home, but it came to me in the middle of that recording, and I feel like it really is a nice bow on the arc of a character who is not a good person by most... Measures, but it's still like a satisfying growth for the character while she remains true to the things mm-hmm. that make her endearingly yeah. a bad person yeah yeah i I enjoyed doing that, and i also I thought she was funny. I thought she was a fun character to yeah. play,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, she it's one thing that that Star Trek rarely touches on is what is it like to be a civilian, and they touch on it every once in a while, yeah, like, they really don't look at like. That society, is, everything's free because you're in the military. But for those
3: of you who aren't, it's wild to me because I simply would never join. So I'm like, what?
2: But what is it like for everyone else?
0: Yeah, but like and there's why don't they lot. just replicate a replicator? Like why?
2: I don't know, but you, you yeah see yada yada the yada something something they, complicated. Yeah, where they go to like colony planets that are struggling, they don't give them replicators, which was nope. kind of why Kug was like, please, 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 please. Please make sure you take enough things that if your shit breaks, you can fix it. Because no one's going to yeah. help you, and there is yeah. so much can go wrong. They did have
1: a slight advantage on knowing when things would break.
2: However, yeah, <laughs> that's true.
3: I think that's it for Maho. Um, I think she's a <laughs> pretty simple character, but I had a blast playing her, and I thought she was uh, uh, a a nice slot in with the rest of the
2: party. Yeah, yeah. I think Hug was pretty simple too. Really. He didn't, there just wasn't a lot. I think my guiding principle for Cug was just, he loves his friends and he loves being a captain and he loves exploring and he loves caffeine (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) 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 But he's, I I wanted to keep the thing, so like, you know, he had the, I'll never remember the words, but uh, the little fear tentacle things. We didn't get... Threat
3: ganglia. Yes, there you go. We didn't get... Such a specific (laughs) phrase that that is like the one thing I will remember (laughs) from this season forever.
2: (laughs) We didn't get super into it during the season, but I had Kug keep them because it was kind of that... um, The thing that Star Trek touches on in, at the very least, the original series and Next Generation, where they had to talk about, would Spock be a good captain without emotion or would data be a good captain Mm -hmm. like do Uh, you need that to be good at doing it or can you just the rational part of you can that make a good captain of a ship Uh, which like dumb question because vulcans have ships that they run they have captains (laughs) but whatever but it was kind of that where it was just like he never wanted to get rid of it because he felt like that kept him on edge like it gave him a that adrenaline you know just the, the yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean fear serves a purpose for sure mm-hmm. yeah it would be uh, somewhat freeing to not feel fear at all but also like like you'd get in so many bad spots
2: yeah well it's like the um people that can't feel pain and they tend to die mm-hmm. young because they just get into so many yeah. bad situations yeah. and they don't realize um so it's kind of like that so that was yeah. fun.
3: And Cog has the benefit of also being quite a good at being reasonable through situations that he would nor- that a normal person would be afraid in. Even though he's still got the threat ganglia, he's also got a solid footing under him, I feel Yeah,
2: like. yeah. And I liked the idea of him... Just really, really liking Mamim and Maho, and like because they they were so different from each other, and they were both mm-hmm. so different from him. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he would have fought anybody that dared say anything bad about Maho or try to do anything to her. Like, he he just would. I not love have their been dynamic. Down.
3: All three of us for yeah. that for that reason. Yeah, and he's
2: like, I know she's gonna do some shit, but like, whatever, it's fun, and she's a good person actually, even if she doesn't think so. He was, he. I think he just wanted mm-hmm. to play Starship Captain with his friends. I think that was the only thing coming. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's a valid,
1: valid reason yeah. to do that. I would too.
2: And then shit got real and he was like, no, I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> this is dumb and bad. <laughs> but I'm going to eat these nuggies.
0: Oh, hell yeah. You ate them nuggies. No- <laughs> <laughs> Left no crumbs. Like, what a wild episode.
2: <sighs> that was fun.
0: Yeah, truly. So, yeah, it was so that's... funny. Like, I was laughing a lot editing it. So, I, I hope <laughs> listeners,
2: I hope, also yeah, I laughed. hope people enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all for Kug.
0: Uh, Mamim was so fun.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I could tell you were having a yeah, really it. great
0: character. So, like, getting Trill at like the Symbiont thing was great all by itself and then i just rolled up a random other species to be and it was vulcan and i was like oh my god this rule <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really
3: cool juxtaposition
0: yeah especially since my like trait is impulsive yeah so like i was supposed to be an impulsive vulcan and yeah. like obviously that's all the t seed influence because mamim is not impulsive but man it was so it was just great like it's funny, um, like behind the scenes, I was like, I don't know how I'm getting like, T-seed in control for a while, but I would love that, Greg, if you could make some Star trek reason <laughs> to get T-seed in control. And he was like, and don't oh, worry, fam, I got you. It was literally the night we were recording that episode where I switched over and I was like, oh, well, oh, convenient. Wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yeah, it just worked out great. So I I don't know. I Those are like... Like the the weirdness of a Vulcan and I, I think that's really fascinating. Like how they're quote unquote 100 percent logic, like, but then they have like divorce rituals where one of them kills the other one. And yeah,
1: that yeah. <laughs> that doesn't feel logical to me. Um look they made some choices back in the sixties when all that was written and they're like, Yeah, work it in. Yeah,
0: but I mean, even even still, like it, it like that's I I think that's good that it's part of it because yeah. part of Vulcans is like they think that they're they got it all figured out, you know, but mm-hmm. the, the real lesson there is like nobody has ever had it all figured out. Yeah. <laughs> and right. and it's dangerous to to assume that you have. But yeah, I I loved playing Meme and T Seed, and I felt really good about just like weaving in and out of them the voices. Like it just you're naturally natural. yeah. Yeah, yeah, naturally really happened. Great. At whatever, like whenever yeah. I was experiencing something that it's just I was very, very in the groove of that character because I was it was like it just happened when I was experiencing something that T Seed was more interested in than me, that it was the Seed voice. And the opposite was true for um that's how Mame. I
3: felt with uh, Jeffrey and Samia last season. It felt kind of like a cheat nice. code to have two
0: very different characters to pull from at any moment. A great yeah. season to have a cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, that's that's what I thought about playing me was great. Yeah.
2: Should we hit a break
3: and then come back? Uh, well, I have with one question. Another before, recording.
2: I have one question before we do that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. When yeah. we were leaving the um, space station, and the um Odorians and the whatever were like volmids. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, Did you get what you need? And they were like, Yeah, we got the warp drive or whatever. Were they like (laughs) up to some naughty shit? Or were they really just like we just want to explore the universe and we're excluding everyone to do it?
1: Yeah, that was like that was their whole thing, right? The Odorians had gotten so used to just manipulating everything so they could just not have to do the work themselves. And like, oh we'll just we'll just have really technological people come here and then we can learn their tech and we don't have to do it on our own. And so that was sort of what I alluded to is they were used to sort of manipulating things and then it got them into deep, deep, deep yeah. trouble. So it 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 was like a culture that can just see and take, doesn't think about like asking or working together. That was right. just wasn't a part of their stuff. Um, you know, they had each other and that was great. And then they could just take... They could just manipulate stuff to... Because once they had the idea of what a warp drive is, they would just manipulate all the decisions to, in a short amount of time, make a functioning one themselves.
0: Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that led to a whole lot of (laughs) issues. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's it's weird. Like,
0: they didn't... Clearly, they didn't really make it off the planet. Right? Like, they just... The the warp drive happened and they just killed themselves. Because it doesn't...
1: Yeah. Like... The, I mean, so behind the scenes, sort of like they did the warp drive and they also had developed technology to see what went down and realized that once they went out into the much wider, less nice universe, they would be exploited. And that was sort of the end of that. Like, yeah. oh, and we're done. And also, there's these really scary Borg things out there, mm-hmm. and that's like the end of everybody. Uh, so they just shut it all down, and we're
2: like, "No." Nope, I was brr, just curious fine. if their original <laughs> motivation was like world domination, or you know, gal- galactic <laughs> just <one world>? domination. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I but, think given the fact that that at that point they had sort of sort of learned like when we do stuff, bad things happen, and then that was sort of the end of that, like. When yeah, they, they strike me as met... a little too insular for that type of like yeah. imperial aim, yeah. And when they, they met was, yeah. other groups, I think it really solidified like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> like yeah. we are, we don't fit into this. Really well, well,
2: I mean, like, I, good on them to be so self aware. I don't know that humans would be like, <laughs> wait, but if we do this and we meet the Borg, like seven steps ahead is going to be bad. We shouldn't do it. I think humans would just be like, yellow. That's future business <laughs> problem.
0: Yeah, we have proven ourselves to do exactly yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
2: Sure. so yeah. yes, uh, now I think is a good uh, break for the next uh,
0: for the question, question, question answer we'll time. Be right back with your questions. <laughs> <laughs> Weeks, but for, for them it's been seconds. Breaks. Yeah, it, that's through the magic <laughs> through of the editing.
1: <laughs> through
0: the magic your hosts of time. Have aged, and with that age came knowledge. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, mm. I, I mean
3: experience for sure. Kind of.
0: Yeah. Uh, something, something.
3: Finish? Star Trek time travel. Should we get into questions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I put them in the dock Ooh. and um, arranged them so that everyone's questions are all together. and i'll get this party started
0: yeah let's go uh
2: emperor seth asks what's everyone's level of experience and fandom for star trek and for greg how is it different making a star trek series in a way that feels different from other space operas like uncharted worlds or Hmm. star trek
0: so i uh am very familiar with star trek I watched The Next Generation, like, as it was coming out with my dad. Like, it was, like, the show that was on right before my bedtime. So I just have, like, a lot of, like, core memories, which is me and my dad watching Star Trek and then me going to bed. Um, And I have watched all of, like, Strange New Worlds and most of Discovery and I, even Enterprise. Like, I even watched that one. So and that one was, like, on in the background while mm-hmm. I did other stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it w- I have seen it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I watched all of the original series multiple times, like, purposefully. I I remember watching it in syndication as a kid. I've seen all of Next Gen, and I've seen Enterprise, and that's all of the ones that I've watched. I haven't watched any of the new ones or anything after, like, I haven't seen Deep Uh Six Nine or any of those. Um, yeah,
0: I've watched all of Deep Space Nine and Lower Decks. Lower Decks is really good. I, I know.
2: I lives. want to. It's just not. I'm not there yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably on the lower priority list as far as television shows are because there are infinity shows. And yeah. also, if you're gonna watch a space show, why don't you watch Scavengers Reign, everybody? But
1: <laughs> 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 save that for our VRP.
3: <laughs> I have next to no uh, familiarity with Star Trek. Really, it's just a nerd blind spot of mine. Never got around to it. Frankly, it's not high on the priority list to get that one checked off. I don't know; it just has never, uh, the hooks haven't haven't hit me at least not yet. Um, I've seen a movie here or there. I know enough from cultural osmosis.
2: Yeah, that's like me with every other thing that is in this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. just leave this time. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, Star Trek was in syndication when I was a kid, right? So it was one of the few was one of the, the original series, was one of the few sci-fi shows that existed when I was a kid. So after seeing Star Wars, I was very much into anything in space, which is how I got into Star Trek. I've seen all of Next Generation. I've seen all of Voyager. I've seen almost all of DS9. I've seen all of Enterprise, oddly. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen any like all the new stuff that is in much harder places to watch. I haven't watched them. Like, I've seen the first season of Picard, but I haven't seen the second or third. Um, I've got seen Paramount Plus, other than Logan.
0: Oh, Logan doesn't have it. I just watch it. I... Well, you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Logan has it.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a level of seeking out the new treks that go beyond my fandom for it, where I know they're good and I know I would enjoy them, but with so many other things, it's just. Yeah. They have not moved into the level of I should pay attention to this.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say if like for Wheels and Greg, if you wanted to dip in Strange New Worlds is a really fun and joyous television program. And Lee, I think that you would really enjoy Lower Decks because it's all like the characters are all essentially like super fans of Star Trek. They- they're just all like literal nerds of the history of all the famous ships. Ah, uh, yeah. That- And they're just on sort of like not a famous ship.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool.
1: How is it different being a Star Trek series in a way that feels different from other space operas? So Star Trek as a property is very much science fiction. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not a space opera, not space fantasy. Yeah, it is very much science. It is very much humans and human morality out into a universe. Yeah, uh, which is very different than star wars which is hey wizards in space pew pew swords <laughs> it's you know it's dnd in space and those two have interest they have very different intrinsic feels to them um, for uncharted worlds i think uncharted worlds slots between those two it's like the yeah. middle ground it's yeah. like the general this is what you know, sci-fi isn't anything in sci-fi goes, but also sort of like in the like the universal V in like the VRE multiverse, the way I sort of picture how these seasons are is like the center is the magic core. And then each of these universes is how far away they are from where magic exists. Yeah, I and have like, similar ideas. Yeah. Star Trek <laughs> is out where it's not. There's <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> there's no magic in the star. It's science. <laughs> Whereas, like, Uncharted Worlds and Star Wars are closer to the magic-y core. That
2: makes sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next question?
2: Yeah. Sure. This season featured a multi-episode flashback, which I don't think you've done before. How did you set that up? And what was it like playing characters that weren't part of the usual random generation system?
3: And that was also Emperor Seth.
0: Yeah, They have a follow-up of like, it's also funny because I know we've made comparisons to your show in The Adventure Zone before, and the most recent season did the same thing at one point. It's about time The Adventure Zone did literally anything before we did it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yo! Shots fired! Shots
0: fired!
3: These! Yes.
1: <laughs> Multi-episode flashback wasn't planned. I didn't plan that, in so much we got to a point where Other avenues of explaining what had happened just weren't story viable. Yeah, like I needed to get the information across in a way that was entertaining, and it wasn't like. And then the captain sits down and reads a seventeen-page report, (laughs) right? Um, Which is kind
0: of my meme wrote,
1: (laughs) yeah. Which is kind of like (laughs) where we got stuck. So. When it got clear to me, like, oh, I have to do a flat. Because the other thing is, I was going to have it be a holodeck thing where, like, you had information and then you cracked it. So you wanted to go experience the planet in the holodeck. Um, but ultimately, sort of the radio waves thing and then having TC be able to, you know, have multi generational memories just lent yeah. it to the fact that like, a flashback here makes a lot of sense. It's also good to explore what will ultimately kind of be like a moral quandary that they will have to deal with later. So it was just a really good way to set up a moral quandary, talk about this very different society, set up the mystery of this very different society. Like, what is their deal? How do they know these things? What are they, you know, what are they doing? So it just felt at that point, a much more natural way to do the exposition that felt more fun.
2: Yeah,
3: it was. Yeah, it was yeah. also just nice color for the season. I enjoyed the variety there. It kind of uh, It helped with the pacing.
0: Yeah, uh, do you want to go to the next question?
2: Yeah, Emperor Seth had no, uh, Emperor Seth has like three more questions. <laughs> all of these, are, go all of these are all of these are Seth until I say not Emperor Seth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> Skullfield was an interesting character, if only of, uh, because of how spectacularly unhelpful he was. What was it like Mm -hmm. playing an NPC who was not quite an enemy, but still an active obstacle that the party couldn't simply blast out of the way?
0: Yeah, Greg, what was that like? (laughs) (laughs) It was
1: (laughs) fantastic. I knew going into with what I had rolled up, because we talked about that in the first half of this, that I had a person who had a very, very big secret. And how bitter and angry they were at the very people who were coming to help. So I already knew that that was going to be a somewhat adversarial relationship. And I knew I started of needed to keep it tempered and grounded in reality. But also like that is a core tenet of a lot of Star Trek episodes is there's a person that's a mystery and sometimes they just aren't very helpful and they aren't Mm -hmm. going to help you deal with this because they are indeed the mystery. Um, So...
2: It
0: was, my
1: my thing was like even after he was
0: not a mystery like we knew his tea and he was still like nope <laughs> you you're sure all don't. wrong still <laughs> <laughs> I mean
1: you didn't really know all all of like what do you do in a person that has that much baggage with a bunch of strangers
0: Oh no I think you yeah. played it perfectly I just like that was that was such an interesting journey because it was like I mean Schofield was the villain right like there's I mean if if you don't count the Borg because I mean they didn't really make an appearance no, or, or Starfleet didn't. like Scofield was the villain uh, preventing yeah. us from achieving our goal and also was the goal at the same time Yeah, and it was just one of the most interesting villains we've had on the show really because you know I went through like little phases of being like oh, okay, well, he's just, like, a very protective father, and then he would say something, and I'd be like, actually, still, fuck
2: you. Uh- <laughs> no, like, you wanted to sympathize with him, but really, you only could sympathize with his situation, but not with him, the person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: precisely. <laughs> he was more fun to play than other villains, simply because, like, I knew that he wasn't, he wasn't evil. Yeah. He was just yeah. broken. Mm-hmm. And that's a much more interesting place for me for villains sometimes.
2: Yeah. So yep. he was yeah, less fun to be.
3: Ju- it's just he's the source of conflict. Right. Not necessarily in a villainous way just because he's a man with a problem. Right. And the problem
1: is his child.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and his problem was our problem and we didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, so then what do you think happened to Schofield after the season was over? And do you think it was worth the risk to leave him out there, or leave the both of them out there on their own?
0: <laughs> uh, like I don't, I don't really know how Mameem feels about the situation, but I, I like me, Logan thinks they last two weeks <laughs> before they no, are. No, I was gonna say, I hope somebody. it's like a
3: happily ever after. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that
2: they probably just have a rough time.
3: The two of them can make it between his scientific knowledge and. Uh, little his superpowers—they got it.
2: Yeah, I think they make it. I think it's just not like a glamorous or fun existence.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's probably it's probably hard scrabble life. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I don't really want to. I kind of know the plot chart out of mm-hmm. what happens, so I don't really oh. give my. Uh
0: oh, are we gonna thoughts? have like a? But wait, <laughs> don't you already have a different sequel
1: planned <laughs> of something else? Oh, I mean, this is just like. We get like, I think there's another question, but there were multiple ways that this could have gone. So I uh, had to come up with plans for depending on which way it went. So I sort uh, of know what my view of it is. Hmm. So I, I, I will say they last longer than two weeks.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, so only specifically I'm wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Logan. I'm wrong. Thank you, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was worth the risk, uh personally, I think that, um, at the end of the day, it never felt right to do anything bad to them, but it certainly didn't feel right to let them out into the wider universe, so yeah, I think it was I think it was worth all the trouble we went through for it,
3: yeah, I think it was
0: the best choice they had, yeah, mm.
2: and you know, I think Cog learned a lot, I think he's a better captain mm-hmm. because of all of this, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Mimim is a, a more full person than, than he was before.
2: Yeah. And that is the end of Empresseth's questions. This is Riddle from Discord. Empress Seth was from Discord also. All of these are from Discord, to be honest.
0: If you want to ask questions on a future season, get on that Discord. And yeah. also, if you want to just have a fun time.
2: Or you can email us at hi at vre.show.
0: <laughs> There's a link to the Discord on the website. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, yeah, VRE.show, uh Just... Go on there. There's a literal button to the Discord.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you have the random randomizer in mind when the season started? (laughs) This idea fits so well with the podcast that it felt super organic.
1: No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that was, we like, we all came up with that in the
1: episode, right?
3: I think it was mostly Greg's idea. I think Greg kind of came. So, I mean, we, we took the ball and we played with it.
1: It was one uh, like, again, it was one of the things that I was planning, depending on sort of how you all reacted to things. And when we got to the point where like the kid is going to actively try to make a certain thing happen, the whole like from where you all were approaching it and your understanding of it, I'm like, well, I, I have like I can't have a crew of a starship be like, uh, um, <laughs> Yeah. Right? I don't know what you do. uh. So sort of <laughs> taking what y'all were coming up with, like, we think this is what's happening. I just sort of like, okay, well, A, it would be really fun to play with this idea and B, actually, given what's really going on, that is actually your best chance to get the end result you want because yeah. it's pushing it down into a timeline that is singular, singular. And so, like, causing as much of those different choices to happen would, and that was the thing, like at the roll, like you could push it and the all the weird things, the ones that clicked got you so that your warp drive shut off, or it could have pushed it towards the timeline where life support cut out or something else happened, right? Like it was a, there was a whole wide variety of things that could have happened depending on how things turned out, but it felt really organic to be like, you need to make as many random choices to confuse the timeline as possible, and this will be fun to do.
3: Yeah, <laughs> great episode. It, it was, was a fun. great idea for an episode. Uh-huh. Great edit. Just, I really love that. Uh, all hey. those
1: shenanigans.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Relatedly, really well.
0: part of Jenna W's.
2: Yeah, yeah, that goes really well into the next question from Jenna W. Uh, what would have happened if the crew hadn't changed plans partway through the trip to DS three? I presume the whole back half of the season would have had a different objective and probable outcome if that had been the case, right? And relatedly, would the life support really have gone out if those nugs hadn't come through? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, the life support was a... All life support being cut was a possibility. Um, So yes, depending on that role, if it had been really bad, life support would have cut out. And then that would have been an episode of how to fix that. So... Again, if you had made it to DS3, you would be able to talk to Starfleet directly. But at that point, also, it would have switched because Schofield and his kid would have been like, bye, see ya. (laughs) Like, there was a whole thing there about ships and, you know, they would have. And then the choice would be you go back to the planet. You try to hunt down Schofield. Like, what do you do at that point? Because he would have gone into hiding, which was his plan all along. So, yeah, they would have had a different objective and would have taken a very different turn uh, if you had decided fun. to go
2: to DS3. Yeah, because I feel like Hug would have been like, mm, fuck Schofield, but I want to know what's going on with that planet for sure. Right. He would <laughs> have definitely uh, tried to convince everyone to do that.
1: So it, it would have been, yeah, I had a couple of contingencies depending on which way you went. So
2: That's super fun. All right, and then the last person has a couple of questions. It's Damakage. It's been a while since I've asked a question on the after show, but I have two questions for Greg. First, knowing what we know about the events of Wolf 359, was Schofield's wife assimilated by the Borg and did his child die in some insane pursuit to remove her from the collective, especially knowing uh, Picard was removed and given his role back as captain?
1: So part of Schofield's deal is... One, he does not know exactly what happened to his wife and Starfield won't tell him Mm. Two, his wife being a medical officer was the only person that was actively working to stop the genetic default that ultimately killed his kid. Mm. And three, his anger towards Starfleet was a person that murdered a thousand Starfleet officers was made an admiral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So from his perspective, not only was he allowed to save his child uh, and there was a whole plot, like you would have got, there was a whole cloning situation that you could have gotten into with Schofield and his decisions to go and like Starfield's restrictions around cloning and you know what he was doing to keep his child's memory alive, which is basically he had been keeping the last scan of the last transporter scan of his kid alive for eight years Whoa. so that the pattern wouldn't degrade, so that eventually he could find somebody to help get rid of the genetic default and make it so that he teleported oh. whole again.
2: Mm.
1: So he had a lot of anger. And like there was a possibility of the whole Picard thing coming up in one of the times that you had sort of confronted him and like his anger towards Starfleet. Like you let a person. Who literally <laughs> murdered his wife back in without seemingly any repercussions for reasons. Yeah. yeah. And so he was very, very, very angry and, you know, had been sitting in that anger for eight, nine, ten years. Dang. So, like, I that was like his backstory going into this and then finally getting to a society that was like, you help us restart our society, and we can give you. What what Starfleet has denied you for all these years, your kid. So he was really, really complicated and sort of ultimately what happened with his wife. I was like, I don't necessarily want to answer that question yet because I I I didn't want to answer because I didn't want to know when I was playing Schofield. Right. I didn't want to have a definitive Mm -hmm. solution in my mind to affect what he would be like. It is very likely that that happened. Mm. I think the threat of Borg in Star Trek is just it's a very interesting thing that they do. And, you know, like it's a everything in the universe has to fear this thing that will, you know, take them into their collective and any secrets, anything that they have suddenly become corrupted and used for terrible conquest. Yeah. So it was just a good backdrop to sort of you know, a short just Star Trek shortcut for like things are really bad.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting that Schofield had like his, his son basically had a terminal illness and he had like saved him in the tr- teleporter or transporter, whatever they're called, because that sort of like a very similar storyline is part of, um, strange new worlds. Like one of the, there's, there's just a few episodes where there's a child who has to stay in teleporters, essentially, <laughs> Because she has a terminal illness and she does not have much time left. Oh. It's like really related. But um, obviously like Schofield sort of like copied. It sounds like copied the kid after he was gone.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, he used the last one right before like ah. it, there was no turning back. But also it was one of the things like that's why he didn't want to use transporters. He didn't want that back into the system and registered. And, you know, there's a whole thing around his thing about transporters. like a whole a whole thing about like Schofield's anger around it, you know, it's fine to let creatures live when it's an accident of, tra- when it's a transporter accident, but we can't, like, he was barred from doing that effectively to save his kid. Yeah. Like Aww. Riker's twin is allowed to exist because it was quote unquote an accident, but like he mm. can't use that same technology to save. His only child so like there was a lot of anger in his sort of dealings with starfleet and how weirdly. sorry guy
3: your kid's not a main character (laughs) right and like how how weirdly
1: sometimes in star trek itself they apply morality yeah because they aren't particularly consistent which is the way it should be like not everybody's going to be consistent in starfleet but like he was on the sucky end of them not being consistent yeah
3: And here I thought Wolf
2: 359 was a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last one uh, is the second question is in relation to the Q continuum. Was there any desire to bring that chaos into the show, or was it simply a passing Mm. thought because most of you are familiar with Star Trek? Uh, Listen, Pug was going to sell his soul to whoever was going to fix this problem (laughs) for him in a way that did not involve Starfleet. (laughs) He did the math.
0: Like, Mameem is literally an impulsive character. Like, that's what's on the sheet. So Mameem probably wanted to explore that. And Logan definitely super did. (laughs) But it's just like, as soon as there's literally any other option besides Q... You're like, let's just go with the other one. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No. It was
3: also a little, maybe a little late in the game to yeah. introduce that
1: element. Yeah. yeah, it was going to like at that point, like bringing the queue into it. While it would have been interesting, I'm like, this is a level of chaos coming in the last third of this season <laughs> yeah. that I do not think.
2: I think if we'd we had want this to deal with in the middle of the year instead of at the end of the year, it could have been a little different. Yeah, <laughs> but we were like. Christmas is coming up, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, never,
0: I never made any decisions based on that. Maybe. I did. <laughs> but
2: okay. I if I can't have a break, <laughs> I can't do this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fair.
2: The Starfleet knows about the Q continuum. So going that route and doing whatever he had to do with that is fine as long as they could keep Starfleet from knowing about Schofield. Mm-hmm. He was he was fine with all of it. He was just like Whatever keeps Schofield out of everyone else's little grubby hands,
3: yeah. But as it is, it just serves to kind of like set up the character epilogue yeah. for Schofield Junior. So I think it still works. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was. It would have been. It would have been fun, but also I was like, okay, let's head on another ten episodes because we got the cube mucking around. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs>
2: It would have been fun.
1: Yeah, and I know like people have talked about like. You know, was Schofield in denial? No. Uh, He knew what his kid was, but he also knew how dangerous other people knowing who his kid was would be. Um, So everything in every conversation he approached was, unless you absolutely know what's going on, I am not going to give that freely. And even if you know what's going on, I am still not going to give that information up freely. Yeah.
2: We have yeah. to remember too that just because we figured out what was going on doesn't mean that Schofield had any reason in the world to right to listen to us or trust us or yeah play ball with us in any way.
1: And enough people have talked like, "Oh, was he being mind controlled?" Like that's part of the basics of this <laughs> season. Also, how much how much of what happens to you is in your control, and how much can that be ni- manipulated? by things outside of you. So, you know, is there, is there some ways that you can say like his son was determining the actions of his father? Maybe probably at certain times, like, Oh, if I do this thing with uh maho, I'll get yelled at. But if I do it this way, I, I can see the future where I won't. Yeah. Like that shit probably happened all the time. So, you know, in essence, his kid could see time, but only a week out. And had telepathy, but, you know, he could read people's minds and project thoughts into people's minds. But that was the extent of his powers, quote unquote. But being able to see a week before and a week after time-wise is really handy. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. I'd min-max for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for a great season, Greg. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for doing Star Trek with me. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I had a great time. It really felt like Star Trek. Like I think it was very successful at emulating the the feel of a Star Trek.
1: Yeah. And the system's fun too. I like how simple it was. I wasn't yeah. sure how well it was gonna Awfully work. Cheerful. But it I did it did it. come out good.
0: hmm
2: Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Uh did we just end this one?
1: Yeah. Um, uh well, well sometimes we announce what the next season is.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. So net so Next season will actually be a real nice just like total story reset as we usually do but there is some wider lore behind it and that is that in my last season Planet Cryptid we met a character who was a ghost haunting a VHS tape called I Was a Modern Medusa. You don't need to know that for the next season but the next season is going to be the movie I Was a Modern Medusa. (laughs) We're going to do like a 70s, like a a B-horror leaning towards exploitation, but not in the nasty ways, just in the kind of lack of subtlety (laughs) of it all. Um, We're (laughs) going to tell a really schlocky uh, B-movie story called I Was a Modern Medusa. And we're going to use something from uh, an RPG anthology called They Came From The RPG Anthology. It's like they came from the... Deep or the whatever (laughs) I haven't exactly figured out which one we're going to use but something from that is gonna guide us through I was a modern Medusa yeah
2: fun I'm
0: excited and hey listener you made it this far thank you so much for listening to this whole season and this after show seems like you like this show a lot maybe consider backing us on patreon (laughs) we have a bunch of extra content over there including sequel specials to a bunch of the old seasons Yeah.
3: Yeah. Logan, I love that you always remember to say that in these after shows. All
2: right. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Later.
0: Yeah. he was dumb. one of my weaker claps i'm i must say <laughs> i'm sure we'll find it
2: <laughs> I guess I'll forgive you this time
0: we have the technology
2: what are the
1: <laughs> the less ferocious claps mm-hmm <laughs>